Oh. Uh. Uh. <laughs> when Arsenal knocks on the door of players, it's a different knock than other clubs. Slaps, slaps, slaps. Les différents podcasts de frappe. Arsenal have been through their mile and a half of pipe like Andy Dufresne in the Shawshank Redemption where you have to see the light at the end of the tunnel. El podcast de golpe diferente. But Arsenal are going through their pipe, like I say. We'll be back. The Different Knock Podcast. Maybe we'll have a good surprise for you. Welcome back to the Welcome Back Podcast with uh, Welcome Back and my very good friend. Welcome back. It's our 100th episode, Brad. It is. Uh, over two seasons. Two seasons. Look at us. Who'd have thought? Think back to all those years ago when I called you up one evening and said, do you fancy doing a podcast? And you did. And here we are. And here we are. That is the whole story. <laughs> <laughs> You know, normally podcasts are like, yeah, we went on a soul-searching mission, decided it. <laughs> we just no. decided one day that uh, we should... Alex uh, called me one day because I spent so much time bitching about Arsenal to him when we weren't running a podcast. He felt that we could just record it and monetize it and make us some money. And guess what? We're not making any money. And we're two young white men, Brad. It's a, it's a, do you know what I mean? We have to add our voice to the conversation because there's not enough young white men doing that nowadays. There's not enough young white men talking about Arsenal. It's just, <laughs> I wish there were more of them. Welcome back to the Welcome Back Fuck podcast. Uh, we appreciate you being here. Thank you for clicking on us. Thank you for subscribing. If you have, click that subscribe, uh, subscribe, click that subscribe Sub- button if you haven't. Subscribe Give us a rating. Go on, do it. Uh, give us a rating. Preferably a good one. Or not. It's fine. Whatever you think. Uh, we won a game of football, Brad. We scored a goal. A goal? If ever if ever a team were going to find a way of winning a football match without scoring a goal at this rate, it would have been Arsenal. But we managed it. We won a game. We, we won we did a game. <laughs> just about. Just about, Alex. <laughs> and, let's, and Let's not be fooled. It was just about. Yeah, there was a few... <laughs> Sort of ropey moments at the end with uh, Timo Puki. Um, look, I, I'm not. I'm not going to try. I, I, I'm. I'm going to qu- swiftly move on from this point to, to uh, at risk of uh, setting you off. I'm. I'm happy with a win, and we should appreciate the fact that we've won. I think there was definite, definite potential for this to go into death spiral, and I'm glad we've kind of got the plug in the plug hole, and the water stopped going down. And I think it, it's something to build on. But I'm, and I, I'm, I'm sort of cautious of saying that because it's Norwich, and no, we it is. Should be fucking I th- here's winning, the thing, but, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think. Look, we're going to discuss this game from an honest and, and natural point of view, like we, I think we always try to do. Other than me, when I get mad about Arteta or whatever, um, but it is important to end these spirals, you know, and there's a certain amount of confidence that even a 1-0 win against a Premier League side will give you. And hopefully this is the the first step on the platform kind of, to, and if you, in a weird the way, if you look at this, like somebody on the road to yeah, the project to, that start to, us to get back on the road to the... <laughs> Fuck me. But if you if you think about this like any anything, like a, like an injury or or something else, like you have to take those baby steps first. And now look, this game wasn't good enough. It should we should have thrashed them because they are shit. But we can only we can't be unhappy. We won. Yeah. It, I, I'm it, getting it, some bleed off of your headphones. By okay, the way. I'll turn it down. Yeah. I mean, look. It's a cliche because 
there's a reason it's a cliche a win is a win yeah. and and you know it like is. we have to appreciate and i think sometimes we get so caught up in kind of the the projection forward uh into the future of you know what this young player is going to develop into how's the team looking you know imagining our first 11s you know what how what's our aims for the season and those th- those things are important conversations but i think sometimes it's important to return to the present and go we won a game of football and that's what this is all about so let's enjoy a win and enjoy it in relation to what it is and it's a win against norwich uh, but it stops the spiral and i'm 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 pleased with that because i think there's a yeah yeah, it was, was needed. It was definitely needed, and it was it was a it was a real relief, and you could you could kind of feel the relief in the stadium. Um, I have a friend who who went to see it, and he said the atmosphere was 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 good, and and he said you know like there was a lot of support, and uh, the uh, Mikel Arteta said after the game that he was really pleased with how much the Arsenal fans. He just said they they give give and give, and I think there's a narrative of sort of. Um, of Arsenal fans, probably based on what happens with Arsenal fan TV and the whole like you know how 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 football fans have have started to express their opinions on in different channels and and been ha- having their voices amplified and you know like Robbie Lyle going on Sky Sports, these sort of things that that Arsenal fans are getting a certain reputation. But in the ground, I was really pleased to see that we supported the team. I could I could feel a lot of support. There was some yeah. chance about Vieira before the game, which I loved, and there was a sort of um. And also, as much as I wish Mikel would sort of um, see the humour in this, the sort of, you know, we, we are staying up chance. There's a support from the uh, I from defended Mikel yesterday to you. What? It was mental. Well, yeah, we'll Crazy. Um, but, you know, I, I, I felt, basically what I'm trying to say, I, I felt a real support from the fans. And when we're bottom of the table, getting frustrated by Norwich, I think there was a definite opportunity for us to um, turn quite quickly when actually I yeah. felt that support stay and I wasn't in the ground, so I don't know exactly what happened, but I hear it was a, a positive atmosphere, which is good. Absolutely. And it's, it is really difficult because I feel weird feeling happy about this result. Cause I'm like, we beat Norwich one nil. This is horrendous. Like we should have smacked them, but you have to look at the game as a whole, you know, on XG, we created something like 2.3. 2.4 to Norwich is like around the 0.5. I have it as 2.7, yeah. You know, so... And Norwich is 0.5. Yeah, so you, you, we obvi- we did create a lot of opportunities. I think what we're just not at the moment is we're not killers. We're not... Yeah. We're not absolutely... And I think that's probably why, you know, a striker in the summer, if we could have gotten rid of Enketia and Lacazette, would have been a good move. Somebody to come in, put some pressure on Aubameyang and maybe even start to to be that ruthless edge that we we need um and for once i am excited to to break down the game because i feel like there's a lot to break down yeah, there's a lot we can actually to look talk at. about which is you know a big thing and look we should have more points than we currently do but and look i hate this narrative the season doesn't doesn't start now now is our point to take the reins and hopefully start moving forward. Yeah. It's still game by game for me. I'm not one round yet. And if we lose the next game, there has to still be some conversations because we've not dug ourselves out of the hole that's been created yet. But this is a good first step. We literally can't ask for more. We won the game. Yeah, yeah. Which is why my word of the game, and I would like your word of the game too, is is encouraging. I think you know, uh, as I said, you know, it's it's a platform to build on. And as much as 
we we don't want to be that team who's like, well, you know, there's there's encouraging signs. You know, we we need to start seeing results. Mm-hmm. We can only be where we are. And right now, we had three games of the season where we we which we lost. We were in a terrible position, and that that kind of predatory instinct that you talk about, I think I think a lot of the missed chances probably come from a. A, a, a ten, I, don't, I guess a lack of confidence or a lack of kind of mm-hmm. rhythm or a lack of verve because when you've lost three games on the bounce when you're getting pelters by the media left right and centre you can't be in your most confident most most buoyant form and in your kind of you know I was I was uh, watching the, the coverage before the game and looking at them in the tunnel and I was kind of thinking back to and it's such a cliche thinking back to like the, you know the invincibles but you know imagine the the mentality of lining up in the tunnel as an Arsenal player right now you don't know you don't know what's going to happen when you, when you go out there you don't know what's going to happen what happens if they lose though if they, if we lost this game against Norwich say 1-0 or 2-0 think of the atmosphere so that's on their minds they're going we have got to win this game and when that's on your mind, when th- and that's in your subconscious, you've got to be playing slightly differently. And I did, I did feel yeah. that cautiousness at times. I felt the final pass was missing, um, but as I say, it was encouraging. And you know, looking at the stats, I thought um, we had a lot of shots. Uh, I think it was eight on target and thirty shots overall. Yep, that's. Uh, it did feel I- like we were hitting a lot of shoot on site pot shots. Yeah, which. Um- which would be interesting to know, and we will never know if that was an instruction or a choice. So Ben White and Martin Odegaard were the only outfield players, um, including substitutes, who didn't attempt to shot for Arsenal today. So we took a lot of shots. But I, I think it overall, in, in terms of how we played, I thought we were had really nice periods of domination. Um, I thought we were, as the game went on, more and more sort of... Um, What's the opposite of clinical? Unclinical, uh, less clinical as, as the kind of game went on, or we weren't clinical at all, basically. Um, but the the inclusion of uh, Smith Rowe in the second half, I thought, sped up our play. I thought basically we were heading back into very specific and very very familiar Arteta ball, where we were sort of in control. We had uh, had Norwich sat in a low block, and we were passing the ball around and trying to find that bit of uh, sort of excitement and a bit of sort of invention. Looking to Erdegaard, who I thought had a fantastic game, um, to to sort of open up uh, something or you know hit them on the counter or whatever it may be. And I think when you're in that position, I think there's two things you need to do. I said this in an instant reaction video, which you can go watch on our different YouTube channel. Plug, plug, plug. It's good um, stuff. Go give it a watch. There's two things you need to do. You need to recycle the ball quicker and you need yeah. to regain possession high up the pitch and i think when parties on the pitch we can regain the ball high up the pitch really well he does it so there was a, a, a pattern uh so not a pattern a period of play where he regained the uh regained the ball like three times in a row on the left hand side he is so good at regaining the ball high up the pitch and smith row recycles the ball so quick and he moves quick and there's there's a lot of positional rotation he he allows us to get that pace in our movement around the box, which allows us to open up the spaces, which allows us to cut through a low block. I'm not saying without those two players, we can't do that. I'm just saying that's their sort of superpowers. And you could see when they came on, the game kind of opened up a bit more. Yes, Norwich would probably be a bit tired, but I felt the kind of control that we had of the game didn't, to me, feel like it had much sort of, um, yeah, probably predatory instinct or maybe sort of a, a cutting edge until those two came on because that's what yeah, they're good at. it's also been, it's, it's kind of Arsenal of old, right? It, 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 of last season, especially at a lot of points where we would dominate the game, control the ball and not do enough with the ball. That's what it felt like for a, a lot of the match, right? But I think 
that will come with confidence. Zippy yeah. and fast play will come with confidence. And playing with each other. And yeah. Um, I mean, I, I don't know if I agree with that. I think a lot of this team have played with each other before and have trained with each other for a long time. I don't think that it... I think it's less about squad cohesion and a, a bit more about the confidence within the squad. You cannot expect a team who had an absolutely honking season like last season and then a horrendous start to this season to be zipping about the pitch and zipping the ball literally like prime Wenger ball, right? Because that takes confidence. It takes charisma and arrogance that is only gained and there through good results. So I do think that if we do continue this run, that will come more and more and more. Yeah. Um, but it's it, it's like you say, it's a building block. It's somewhere to go. I, I do think that we we are lucky at certain points. I think Norwich were a bit wasteful with their opportunities and with the ball. And I think you can see the drop off for them since losing um, Emi Buendia. And I think that's going to send them straight back down. Um, and we were also very wasteful, you know, Abamyang. Uh, missing uh, pretty much a one-on-one with Krull at one point. But Smith I think the Norwich, the box, the Norwich goalkeeper did very well to make himself quite big. But from a £56 million striker who has, you know, won the golden boot in this country, you expect better. I think that's a bit cruel on Aubameyang. <laughs> <laughs> you bastard. Um but there, there were a lot of encouraging signs. I think we are seeing some of the same mistakes from last season, setup-wise. Pepe is still too far away from goal. Way too far. And we do not, we're not using anyone as that second goal threat at the moment. So when Aubameyang is missing these chances, no one else is there. And I think that's the one thing that needs to change. At the moment, what it feels like with that kind of five player in attack with Tierney on the far left and, you know, that whole setup that we've seen is that we've got four players creating and one person scoring. Mm. But the only issue is when that one person isn't on form or is missing opportunities, there's no one else to step up because you've got all of those players positioned too far away. And not having a second, you always need a second goal threat. You always need somebody ready to poach the ball and tap it in or to be that second option. And that is what Pepe is good at. Mm. And I tweeted this out yesterday. One thing that if this, if this doesn't continue and we, we do end up in another bad spiral, Arteta obviously needs to use the tools at his disposal but he needs to learn a bit quicker to use the tools at his disposal in the way that they're meant to be used. You know, we 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 did lots of parables last season comparing what Arteta was doing to driving a Ferrari like a Ford Mondeo or driving a Ford Mondeo like a Ferrari. Like you have to do certain things with certain things. And Nicolas Pe- Nicola Pepe's first touch is not great. He's not a particularly... I mean, he. I do have some of his stats here. He had a good game yesterday by the numbers, you know, created seven, uh, the most chances at seven, completed the most dribbles at three. You know, he had a good game. But the one thing that you can probably criticise about his game, and I don't think it's to do with him, is the fact that the end product wasn't there. And I think that's 
all to do with where he's picking up the ball and he is just too far away. Mm. And I'm, I hope we see him pushed in a little more being that second goal threat option because yeah. then in games like this, we will have a second kind of option to go to if Aubameyang's unavailable or not on form. Yeah, uh, only Trent Alexander-Arnold uh, with seven against Burnley. I think I, I have six. Uh, has managed more. Than six. A, uh, has managed more in a single Premier League match this season in terms of chance created. I do agree with you. I think I think in terms of the distances, I think Pepe's got some space literally to improve. Um, I think he can get himself. He can be a bit more dynamic with getting inside. I think he not only is he predictable. The thing is, is that Arjen Robin, right? If we compare that sort of him cutting in on his left left foot. You know Arjen Robin's going to do it. You just can't stop him because he's so quick and powerful. With Pepe, he he is predictable, but he also does it at such a pace and such a kind of in such a way that defenders can predict it and can predict the run and can and can stop it. Um, so I think there's a. I think it's also because he's having to do it so far away from the goal. Yeah. If you're forty yards away and you're having to cut into your left to smack it in, yeah, like it doesn't. It literally you're not. You're not close enough. You're no. You're nowhere near close enough unless yeah. you are fucking Iron Robin or Cristiano Ronaldo to bend it into that corner. Yeah. So I think we do need to see a change systematically in getting him closer to the goal and having. Now we have Party back. Having Party do more of the ball progression and having Saka do more of the progression and Erdegaard or Smith Rowe doing more mm. of that progression and having Aubameyang and Pepe literally being there as your goal scoring options. Yeah. They're yeah, the people there to. to either assist or put the ball in the net. That's that's it. That's their jobs. Yeah. No, I, I, I see that. Um, I'm going to make a quick point and then I'd love to hear your word of the game. Yes. I think there's a... One thing I liked about the lineup is I looked around and I saw I saw Ramsdale, I saw Sambi, I saw Tierney. Oh, I got one more. Oh no, Odegaard, that's it. Those are all players who we've signed, who I feel really have a sort of leadership quality and a kind of alpha energy to them. Um, and Tierney, obviously, we've extended, but these are sort of the, becoming the cornerstones of our team. I mean, you know, Sambi Lekonga today. He, what was it? Sammy made the joint most tackles uh, of any player on the pitch with five. He also made the most passes of any Arsenal player despite being subbed off um, at 60, uh, 62 minutes. The game is going through Sambi. Mm-hmm. And the game, you know, and, and, and Ramsdale, I think, had like the third most uh, zone 14 entries uh, with four, which is amazing. Like, you know, considering. So these players, you know, the likes of Ramsdale um, and Sambi and Erdegaard and Tierney, I feel a real sort of alpha energy from them that I think has been missing from the team for a long time. Not only in how they perform on the pitch and how they're protagonists, to kind of phrase, and how they're aggressive and um, progressive on the pitch, but also how they carry themselves off the pitch. Um, I think, you know, Sambi does a lot of pre- uh, pre-game media. Uh, Ramsdale, the passion that you see, you know, the pitches coming out of him celebrating goals. Erdegaard talking on the pitch, communicating. Tierney, you know, we all know what sort of Tierney's qualities are like. I- I'm seeing and I like seeing um, a lineup full of people who I feel confident that moving forward can kind of... <sighs> restart the Arsenal engine can restart that fire and can be the fans and be the coach on the pitch it's and it's nice to see in different posi- in different areas and different positions the sort of characters um and I, I just read it I read it out and I sort of thought that's a like a good group of lads I know that sounds like a really sort of like conjecture thing to say but like I I, I do think 
from what I know and from what I see of them on the pitch and from what I, you know, you can only glean so much from interviews. I do feel a real um, uh, willingness to win. There's a, a definition of a protagonist is a protagonist. A protagonist is a willful character. And these guys are willful characters. They want to win. They are, they're passionate about winning. They're, they're moving forward and they're willing to stand up off the pitch as well, which indicates, um, indicates the right sort of characters that we need to be building around. And I was, I was really, I was really happy to see that. Um, I'd love to have your word of the game, Brad. Uh, my word of the game was nervy. Because for me, it was, you know, we, we, we did give up some opportunities to Norwich. And a few, and our goal, whilst I think we did deserve a goal from the amount that we'd created, you know, I, I remember a pretty sensational block, I think, uh, from a Pepe chance. Um, you know, I was very nervous throughout the whole game that it was turning into the Everton game from last year where Bern Leno spills it into his own net after mm. we've dominated for 65 minutes, you know. So I think to speak honestly, you know, we weren't good enough. We weren't. We we, And that kept me on the edge for a long time. And it... It's good that we've stopped the rot and it's good that we we hopefully can move on from this. But yeah, I was it was a very nervy game for me. I yeah. you easily Norwich could easily have snatched a goal at one point and then Yeah, 100%. It would have been a fucking horrendous. Yeah. Yeah, and and atmosphere. I think you know this is why I think that kind of uh, I see why you picked that because that kind of underpins as well a lot of what was going on. I think a lot of the missed chances as I say were down to nerves, were down to you know, that, that feeling that if, if this goes wrong, the stakes are so high. Do you know what I mean? Like for everyone on that yeah. pitch, you know, and, and we, we can't forget that when, when those players are out there, that as much as they can put that behind them and, and they're playing, when you know that so much relies on this result and you're at home in front of your fans, there's, and you know, you know, you've got a tough away trip to Burnley and then Spurs, like it's, you know, there's no easy games in this league, but I think there's there's yeah. a lot on the line, um, and 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 that underpins a lot of what a lot of what happened. I think. Um, Takahiro Tomiyasu had his Arsenal debut. Oh my god, sensational! Um, so I don't want to. Oh. Yeah, I don't want to. You know, we've seen sixty minutes of him. Um, it's his first game, uh, so I don't want to sort of get. I, I don't want to get ahead of myself. He is the reincarnation of Danny Alves. He is the new Cafu, right? I yeah. mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we've, we've, you know, we've, we, we found him. I thought, especially he... after Emerson dropped a stinker. Oh, so good, oh. so good. Zaha tearing him in and out. Love it. Oh, um, why did, why did Tanganga just decide to get into cage fighting for like thirty seconds and like just give him a cuddle <laughs> and get sent? Like, what an idiot, <laughs> Jeffett. So um, Spursy, so Spursy. So spursy. Um, yeah, I mean, the new Cafu, mate. I mean, well, what I'd say is I think he provides us a new dynamic. I was really impressed. Mm-hmm. From set pieces, him and Gabriel at the back post, a little bit predictable at times, but I think is yeah. really is a real threat um, on all of the set pieces from the corners uh, and the free kicks um, and other set pieces. I don't think there's any other set pieces. Other. Uh, they they were at the back post and, and their height really helps us. I think he, he got yeah. forward a lot for a lot more than I expected him to. Uh, he tucks in well, which I think Arteta asks um, his right backs to do at times. Um, I think what he does is he allows 
Ben White to step forward a little bit more um, mm-hmm. by sitting further back and, and, and White knowing that there's a, a player with good recovery pacing behind him as well so he can step out a little bit more. I think Ben White had something like three key passes, which is up more than... From centre-back, more than ridiculous. I saw a stat that was like, you know, key, three key passes more than a couple of Arsenal players in the whole of last season. But it was like our midfield, it was like Xhaka or something, do you know what I mean? It was mental. Yeah. Um, he, uh, I think his left foot really, really helps, really, really helps him. Um, yeah, I was, I was really impressed. And um, yeah, I mean, new cafe, but th- I, I, what, what's nice is to feel like, and again, you know, coming back to the, the sort of, the sort of characters things, what we hear, what, what we hear and what we know about Tommy Asu is he's a top professional. Um, you know, you should be at this level, but it's good to know he's a top professional and he seemed really, really committed and something my, my friend who was at the game as well said, he's, he seemed really passionate as well. He seemed really into the game, really, really on the front foot. And we want these characters. And the more of those we can get in the team, the more height as well we can get in the team, you know, it just builds that sort of, um, it builds that level of confidence that, we, that we've been discussing, you know, to know that you've got a guy like Tommy Asu, who's a proper defender behind you. It does build that confidence and it, and it you know, changes the dynamics for Pepe, knowing he, Okay, maybe maybe Tommy Asu's got it or whatever. Um, opens up so many so many angles uh, with with both feet. He can play in different positions. I think it's a great signing. I think he had a great game. Yeah, and even statistically, if you do just look at his defensive numbers, they're not phenomenal. Like two clearances, but in the air he was great. A tackle, but like. It, I think I think this is somewhere where where stats miss the story of a game because so much about defending is presence. You know, I'm not I don't, I'm not saying he's as good as, but if you look at Virgil Van Dijk, Virgil Van Dijk had points worse numbers than fucking Skodran Mustafi, but he's such a presence yeah. and he intimidates, and that's a lot to do with his game. You know. I remember a clear point against Spurs where he's got Sissoko and Son on one side and he makes the decision to push Sissoko into only having the option to shoot on his weaker foot. And it's the right call. And, you know, it means that Liverpool get out of trouble. And it it is that idea that even when you're not actively doing something that's racking up the stats, putting a challenge in, clearing, getting a header, whatever, you're being effective. And I yeah. think we saw a lot of that from him today. Definitely, definitely. And 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 a, and a shot at one point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> came and like, like a flying a, half volley. Like a that, scorpion kick. If that had gone in, Christ. Unbelievable. I would have just... Unbelievable. Probably shit myself with joy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, listen, you know, we were wasteful in that second half. I did think um, we struggled, but I do want to point out two two performances that I thought were excellent. Firstly, the one of Martin Erdegaard. I think Erdegaard is amazing. There was a beautiful chip ball over the top for Aubameyang. Uh There was a nice little scoop back heel for Saka, which didn't quite come off. A very similar one to the West Brom one, which um, which nearly came off. But he, I mean, he works so hard. He's he wins the ball really nicely. Um, the game flows through him, and I, I think to have a player like that who has that vision can release the valve and release and the valve and and that sort of cushion with his left uh, uh sort of tucking inside cushioning it with the outside of his left foot and then curling it around the corner i think that's going to be a superpower because that i mean it is a superpower because that's so hard to stop those angles 
he's he's amazing and he's again another one of these players who is a leader he's not only a technical leader he's a leader on the pitch and he gives those interviews he gave an interview with with sky this week we've we're looking for these people to grow into these positions you know we were saying all of last year how many times have arsenal been told they don't have enough leaders it's boring now but what we do have is people who can grow into those positions and i think Odegaard yeah. is one of those people and, and also from a kind of fan perspective He's one of the only players on our team who can make me go like, ah, oh, when he does something. Do you know what I mean? Like that he is, or maybe, oh, with the little line through it. Uh. Uh. <laughs> Stupid joke. Um, the, like he, he, like the way Ozil used to, and I'm sorry to compare them, but like, you know, it, it, it the, the way moments of magic on a pitch, which is what you go for as a fan. You go to see those moments and like Erdegaard can produce those. I also want to, highlight Sambi. I think something Sambi is well firstly I think there's a, there's a real case that he is our best summer signing a real case he's fantastic he's absolutely fantastic the angles I think he is the, I do th- I do think he is because I think if you look at the the deal and how it came out of nowhere and you know uh, I think Erdegaard as well is a fantastic signing for the price. You think £30 million in today's market is chump change. That's bought us some absolute dross before. £30 million to get you Martin Erdegaard is is a phenomenal deal. Wouldn't right? get you Alex Iwobi. <laughs> yeah. £15 million for Sambi looks like a bargain. Mate. He already looks like somebody that could be sold for 30 35 million quid. Well, he's made... He's been here five, six games. He's made his debut in, in the number one national team in the world. Like, he's... The, the angles he receives the ball on and turns, the positions he picks the ball up in, he's always available. He, he's always dropping deep. Yeah. He's so press resistant. He's he's the perfect modern midfielder. And actually, like, the way... so it, And again, like, credit where credit's due, it's great talent ID from the club. At that price, for what he is, you know, captain of Anderlecht, again, another leader... Um, as I was talking about earlier, you know, these technical and and on the pitch and off the pitch leaders are so important. I think Sambi can grow into that. And I just, I, I love him. I, you know, he's got a way to grow physically, but the way he progresses the ball, the way he, his range of passing, I think he, we didn't, uh, I don't think we saw him on the pitch with um, with uh, with Party, but I'd, I'd love to see that partnership given a run. Because um, I think it's, I think it could be fantastic. And the, the two really complementing each other, Party allowed to sort of progress slightly further forward, winning the ball further up the pitch. Sambi sweeping up. You know, he got the, as I said earlier, he got the second or the joint most tackles on the pitch. He's a good, he's a good all-round midfielder and he's exactly what we were yeah. looking for. It's it's a great... Absolutely. It's a, he's a great player. 100%. Such a great pickup. And yeah, I mean, it's it, it's currently covering for the fact that we didn't sign kind of that blockbuster central midfielder that we we do kind of still need but his performances so far are definitely covering that mm. which is a, a good thing for us as well as for the club he does need to go to the Mohamed Elneny long shot sessions though <laughs> yeah. everyone does though everyone does listen the Elnenesance continues the El Sambasance no 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 only the Elnenesance no he cannot be replaced um, yeah, I I thought as the game kind of progressed, I mean, I've got other sort of thoughts on various players. Look, Gabriel had a good game, uh, had a nice nice tackle against Pookie at one point. Um, I love mm. how quick Ramsdale um, moves the ball. 
Uh, and also, I mean, just just to talk about uh, the Zone 14 entries, Ainsley Maitland-Niles is top of that list, which is fascinating to me, but I think that was sort of his role, that left left centre mid sort of combining with um, combining with Tierney. But the the one who sticks out to me, as I mentioned earlier, is Ramsdale. Ramsdale with four Zone 14 entry passes. Like, this is a new dynamic for a keeper. This is a new. This is a new type of keeper that that we've needed for a long time. There's lots of question marks that we had, you know, that we did have in. But we. No, he but, who but shall I, not be named. But but I don't think what Leno. No, as in Martinez. Oh, I see. <laughs> I was like, we definitely did have it in Leno, but I think you know, yeah. yeah. Listen, and it looks so. It's so vital to to the the modern game and the way that we obviously want to play that not having that last season like we said so many times was such a detriment and after this performance and after the performance you know i mean it was against norwich like not norwich it was against fucking west brom's under 12s but he has to start from now on we were having a conversation about what to you know with leno and obviously at the end of this season he's only got one year left on his deal and he's already come out pretty much and said he's not signing uh, mine is I don't. We're not going to get that higher fee for him anyway. Uh, fuck his career. He can sit on the bench, and if Ramsdale gets injured or needs a game off because he's tired, fine. But Ramsdale should be given the starting berth from now on till the end of the season, because we only have something to gain. Yeah, listen. If Leno's not going to, if Leno's not going to sign a contract, people, it's that thing, and. <laughs> The real he who must not be named, who's at Marseille and not the one with curly hair. Um, he, uh, it's that thing of that that whole Wenger thing of you know if I have a young centre back, it'll cost me points. But it's it's accepting that someone like Ramsdale will make these mistakes, and he he will make mistakes. But the, yeah. the fans will be accepting of it if Leno does it, who's not signing a new deal, who's done it a hundred times, who's before, made yeah, fuck me. I think it's it's uh, yeah, it's difficult. So I, you're right. I think there's 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 definitely something to be gained there. Um, and given the experience, given the experience, and if we have a 24 year old keeper who's been through all those mistakes, that's great. And has played the most out of any under 23 year old keeper in the world when it comes to top flight minutes. Like, imagine if you'd heard yourself talking about Ramsdale now in like May last year. I listen, I still don't think when somebody like Andre Onana is available, we should sign Ramsdale to be our starting keeper. I think what would have been smarter from the club is probably selling Leno this summer and bringing in two keepers of the same mold. Uh, I remember looking at some stats of some people when we were having the conversations of, oh, are you okay? No, you're right. <laughs> she's right. Just like a big crash. Yeah, it was just like a big crash in the fucking uh-huh. kitchen. So I just wanted to make sure she hadn't fucking killed herself by accident. Toss pot. Um, what was I saying? Yeah, I remember when we were having these conversations, I, I did some profiling and looked at some keepers. And I thought, if we're going to sign Ramsdale, we should move on Leno and get somebody of that 27, 28 range, maybe even 29, who plays in the same style but can take the number one spot and still give us the opportunity whilst then allowing Ramsdale to develop out of the spotlight. Mm. There's a couple of people like Stefan Ortega, who plays in the Bundesliga, uh, Castiles, who also plays in the Bundesliga, but there isn't actually that many. And I think looking at 
it now the, with the cards that we've been dealt as as fans almost you know because we can't be like no you need to sell Leno and do this because we don't fucking run the club um, we should damn it we should um this is the best move moving forward. I think one thing as fans we always have to do is be realistic and look at our best current situations mm. and what we can do to make the best of our current situations mm. as a club. And that is giving Ramsdale every minute of football. Mm. Mm. Every single minute. Leno does n- it does not play the style of football we want. He is not comfortable in that style of football. He cannot pass the ball well and we- ends up lumping it long every, every fucking game because he has no confidence in it. So... He's a bench keeper. That's yep. it. Yep. Yep. No, I, I, I'm I'm with you on that one, mate. Um, the uh, just want to highlight uh, potentially, you know, moving forward, what a great partnership Gabriel and um and White could be. I think it was uh, especially with the, with the signing of Tommy Asu, as I say, I think it, it frees them both up, and they had they both did some great tackles. Um, <laughs> they did some good tackling. They both did great tackling at some point. Uh, there was a couple of couple of great challenges they both put in. Um. Yes. So before we talk about the goal, I do want to touch on the slightly more negative side. And I have a couple of kind of um, other sort of things that I think we, we we could look at. I mean, they're not necessarily fixable, but just a few things that sort of crystallized me in that game. One was Aubameyang. I do not think Aubameyang is the striker for this system. And the thing is, is like, he's such a good finisher that it's kind of worth having him in and he's fucking rapid and every so often when we do get a counter-attack, which we don't play, he's lethal on the counter-attack. You watch that moment where he runs, I think, it's, I think is it, does he run down the right channel? He is fucking rapid and I think what we have is we have a counter-attacking striker or a transition striker or a broken play striker, whatever you want to call it, in a team that loves the ball and it doesn't work. Yeah. And, 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 and like... I love Aubameyang and I think, you know, when his contract runs out, I think when his contract runs out, we're going to find out just how wrong Aubameyang was for this side. Do you know what I mean? I think we're building around a player who doesn't fit and he's not a penalty box striker. He's not someone who's going to, you know, you, you never see Aubameyang in a scrap getting a shot off. Do you know what I mean? Like in a similar way to Lacazette and Lacazette has other deficiencies which make it which make it hard. But it, it's, it, 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 it frustrates me because you almost lose a man in the build-up, you know, if you if you imagine we had a Firmino or Gabby Jesus or someone like that in that build-up, Erdegaard popping balls off, you know, I think that low block can be could be, as I say earlier, you know, there's, there's lots of ways to break down a low block. Block, I think it's you know ball recycling, moving the ball quicker, um, ensuring there's positional rotation, all that sort of stuff. But I do think also the interplay between the players is so important, and that and that ability to play the wall passes and Aubameyang just doesn't. He doesn't quite have that, and and I it frustrates me because because it's like it's such a square peg in a round hole, and I love the guy, but I don't think he's the right striker of this system. I think he's the best fit for what we have at the moment in terms of the options we have at the moment because yeah. Abamyang is Abamyang, but it is a shame to feel that way, especially when we're sat. You know what? You know when the, the the camera is trained on their goal, you see eleven of their players, and we're just knocking it around, and I think. Ah, this guy is just not right for this. He's not right for these situations. No. No, and... I think, you know, if we could, we should move him on next summer rather than giving him another year because 
We know, or or it dep- it really depends. If we're going to bring somebody in, either a, a Lautaro Martinez, if we're lucky enough that the board pull their finger out and get that to happen, or somebody signed a new deal, I doubt it. Pardon? He signed a new deal, I doubt it. Oh fuck. Um, but it, or even a Calvert Lewin or or someone. Keeping him as a second option would be great. I just, I just don't think you can have your second option be on three hundred and fifty grand a week mm. or two hundred and fifty grand a week, rising to three hundred and fifty depending on performance based stuff. So yeah. Uh, yeah. I think no, even if we get kind of twenty mil for him next summer, it'd probably be best to move him on. Yeah, look- because you save all that money in expended wages, and it allows us to play the way that we truly want to play and. Listen, I think that it's, whilst we can say, you know, Mikel's been firefighting or whatever, he's choosing to play a system that currently doesn't suit one of his best players. And he's, ex- he's extended Aubameyang. And, I, and, and I'm, not, I'm not absolving Arteta in this situation. Like, I think there are situations where Norwich are high up the pitch and there's a counter-attacking opportunity, which we don't take. You watch our players. You know, we're trying to play this sort of positional play you know, total football type thing where we, you know, we, we regain possession and it's all about the ball, all about the ball and all about the, you know, the lines on the pitch, think Guardiola, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Fine. We're trying to play that, but there are opportunities when there's less men in their defensive half. So when that happens, get the ball to Aubameyang as quick as you can and let him run into that space. And it's, I think there's opportunities that we're not taking with the skills that Aubameyang has. I don't mm-hmm. feel I don't feel, for example, we ever do any kind of counterattacking. We don't really smell blood. And I think that could be a confidence thing, definitely. But I don't think we ever smell blood and go, right, they're on the they're on the attack here. The second we get the ball, let's transition really quickly. And we're not a transition team, that's fine. But we don't the best teams are able to do all are the best at one thing, but can do other things in other situations. You know, someone like Liverpool, you know, for example, when they were sort of the heyday they get uh, their gegen pressing once they'd won a game they can then sit back and control the game they don't need to gegen press mm. as strongly you you tire out your players you can do different things you can work within game you can you can sit back and do different do, do different things and i think with abamyang yes he doesn't fit the the exact thing that we'd want to do and the the setup that exactly arteta would want to uh, would want us to play but there's also opportunities where i don't think arteta is using him in and encouraging of the players to get it forward to him. And you're the guy who's got him on down on a new deal. So I'm just a bit like, I don't get it. David Dean's back. Yeah, I th- he is back. I think hindsight's twenty twenty in the sense that we can we can say that, because I, I still think that maybe moving Aubameyang on at that point might have been a good idea rather than hitching our wagon to him, as in now with the, the kind of generosity of knowing what would happen. But I think if you look at that situation, Arteta's caught in a catch-22. He doesn't have a choice but to sign Aubameyang down to a new deal. And Yeah, in that, in that situation, I do agree. I, whether it's the right decision or the wrong decision, now that we know what was going to happen, it's, it is really tough. But I, I just think if, we, if he knew and we knew that... Moving forward, Abamyang wasn't going to suit our style of play. We probably should have sold him. Just because his stock was at his highest. It it had been during his time at Arsenal. He'd just come off of two 22 goal a season seasons in the league. And 
that just would have it would have given us funds, you know, you think 40, 50 million pounds back to put on an Isaac or a Calvert-Lewin who would suit our play more, would help us more. But there's there's so many I, 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 there's so many things that we can do with the hindsight of those situations that it's just not helpful. I just think moving forward with Aubameyang, we need to either start playing like with Pepe, a second goal threat option, somebody else who can kind of lighten the load or we need to get a striker in that's just going to perfectly fit the system in January or next season. And g- heading back to the conversation we had at the b- beginning of this podcast, Aubameyang, when you have, let's say, two, one and a half, really, predators in that side, Aubameyang, let's be clear, is a predator of a striker. He has that instinct. He has that Greenwood shot. Ronaldo knows where that's heading if the keeper spills it. Goal. He has that in him, right? Not that is a instinct that is a that is something you can't teach and that is something that costs a lot of money and Aubameyang is one of those players and if we take him out of the team we have about half of that with Pepe if if that so it's it's a none it's of a, that with Lacazette it's so. a real catch twenty two it's it's really hard um, let's speak about the goal uh, great pass yeah. great pass in from Party uh, Saka does his thing using his body fantastically as always um, and then Pepe's shot is a bit of a sort of calamitous situation Scramble. do you think he means that but uh, that overhead kick I don't know I, I think he might mean it maybe I think he's shooting maybe but but I do think he means it probably I mean oh, I don't know okay yeah I'm going to say just yeah. Say yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go with you. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Just say yeah. <laughs> it's uh, not that deep. It's not that deep. Uh, quick VAR check and then we were uh, then we were away. And yep, yeah, listen, mate, they all count. I thought um, I thought Aubameyang as well, there was a moment where he sort of G'd up the crowd. And I think Aubameyang thrives off that. And I think it's probably no coincidence that in a season with no fans, Aubameyang probably had his worst, worst season <laughs> in an Arsenal shirt. I think he, yeah. I think he loves that showmanship. You know the the you know you think of the the what's it called the lightning bolt in his hair and all that sort of. He's he is Black a, Panther mask. He's a character. He a showman. He's a showman, yeah. and we love that, and that's amazing. But you have to thrive off the energy. You have to thrive, and you could see him enjoying that. So I hope with the return of the fans, I think Aubameyang um, will do well. And that's four goals in four. Let's not let's ignore the fact that three of them are against West Brom. But yeah, it's four goals in four for us on this season, and that's. Better than nothing. Um, Better than nothing, my friend. Yes, I think. I mean, apart from some late, late chances, that's all I had to say. Some late Timu Puki drama. Uh, tell you what, mate. Brandon Williams, great player. Ah, oh, ah, oh. great player. He had a great game. I think he had a great block at one point. Um, uh, I think it was against Pepe on the line. But he's amazing at retaining and regaining um, possession. Uh, he's really quick. He's got a lovely, he's got a lovely pass on him. Great player. You know, I'd have got lucky there. Yeah, he's a very good player. Uh, right, Brad. We'll see you. Oh, we've changed roles after this. <laughs> News and views. News and views. Welcome back to News and Views, where we give you all the news and all your views, but mostly ours. 
Just a quick reminder that if you do enjoy these podcasts, you can support us on Patreon where you get access to ad-free and film versions of the podcast for just £5 a month. And for one-time support, head to buymeacoffee.com where you can... Buy me a coffee. The link's from the show description. <laughs> um, not loads for news and views this week. Um, week, day, hour, month. Uh, yeah. I do want to highlight... What? Oh... Did you not get it? Oh. Week, day, month, year. No one. T- what? What's that? Friends. I'll be there for you. Where's week, day, month? Isn't that in? Isn't that, in, no, that man? It, it can't be moved. Day, your week, your month. No. Oh, hasn't been your day. Okay. Even your year. Cause I'll be there. Okay. Um. Uh. 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 uh what was it? Okay. Oh yes, Arteta's comments post match. <laughs> So, listeners, I'm going to play... Should I play your voice note? No, I won't play. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll summarise it. We'll summarise it. Basically, Brad yeah. Brad defended Arteta to me yesterday. I did. I did. Um, and I want to... Very weird. In light of these comments, I do want to sort of go back to this. Arteta's comments post-match were this. Can you give us an insight into how the past few weeks have been for you? I must say that it's probably been the best 10 or 15 days I've had since I've been in football. I'm not saying they've been the easiest, but probably the best. And then he said, some fans were singing, we are staying up at the end. Do you think that's funny? He said, I didn't hear that, but if it was done in a funny way, we have to accept it. <laughs> Cheer up, mate. <laughs> no, the really, right. So I, you, you guys know, I love Arteta. I'm a big fan. I love, I've always loved his kind of what feels like principles and I appreciate they have not been held. <laughs> stuck to. Stuck to. But I, I like the idea, you know, when he came in, he said all the right things. You know, he said, I've got to convince these players. They've got to get used to a different way of thinking. I think there is definitely a angle to take on all of this, that this is all, this is all Arteta firefighting. Now he's finally got his players. We're going to go off into the distance, you know, on the back of a, I mean, he's been firefighting a lot of the issues he's created, but we move. Yeah. Well, there's, there's an angle. There's an, I'm saying there's, I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm just saying there is an angle to take that, you know, basically now he's got his players, we'll go off into the distance on a on horseback or whatever. That's not a phrase. Um, but I do think he, we do miss that charisma from Wenger. Um, yeah. And I think, yeah, as, as you as you were kind of alluding to yesterday, he's under a lot of pressure but I sometimes do wish he'd lighten the fuck up. And then you're like, and then you're like the best, the best 10 to 15 days of your footballing career or when you're at your lowest, that is some psychopath shit, man. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, listen, I think for me, what I was saying yesterday is like, when there is so much vitriol that everyone has contributed to about the way that you're doing your job, it might become a little harder to take certain things as a joke because he's not in it. Like the situation is far from over. We lose our next game. I will still be, I will be saying that he should be sacked. And so will a lot of people. So I think he's just not out of the woods yet. And he knows that. And he knows the situation isn't perfect yet or even better than it is. Are we out of the woods? You know, so I, I, I just, I have, I have, I think 
we do miss the charisma of the Vengi years, but I have some sympathy for the way he responded because I think, yeah, to be fair, people are probably telling you that, you know, you should fucking kill yourself with the absolute vitriol that Arsenal fans get. Yeah, like imagine people getting on podcasts calling you a terrorist. It must be horrible. It must be just like... (laughs) El Terrorist. (laughs) We said this yesterday. High-level sport is... If you if you're a manager at Crystal Palace or a, even fucking even make Wrexham or something, you've done very well. You've done very well. You're in the elite level of sport. Maybe not Wrexham. You know what I mean. If you are a manager in the Premier League, you are at the elite level, realistically. But the margins are so 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 fine. And I think in football there is a kind of uh, narrative or there's a sort of a thing that happens where if someone wins a game. They're a genius and they, you know, they deserve to win the Ballon d'Or or the whatever the, the UEFA men's coach of the year, whatever it is. And if they lose a game, they need to get out of our club. He's the worst manager since X, Y, Z, whatever. We know that. We know that's how it works. But I think sometimes that's forgotten in discourse that, mm-hmm. you know, m- managers have to deal with that first and foremost. But also we need to remember that when we come to our analysis, remember when, we, when we're coming to our, to our, um, to our conclusions about about people because the thing is the narrative changes so quickly and we are unfortunately as humans influenced by that and mm. i you know <clears throat> you can't you it's it's you're unable to avoid how people spin things um in the media unless you literally turned off your phone didn't in the, in the fake, in the news, fake media. news media unless you turned off your phone didn't speak to anyone you're going to be influenced your your opinions are going to be influenced by the people around you the way you consume media even the type of media you consume the way it's presented to you etc 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 even the commentary on the game sometimes i think sometimes like on sky if like martin tyler said something a bit like dr- dr- uh, rye or whatever about arsenal or gary neville you know post post brentford the whole narrative was controlled by gary neville and jamie carragher talking about ben white and that whole situation about how he you know you could ch- target him on headers i'm sure there'll be there'll be narratives and conversations about that for years because people latch on to that kind of stuff and it's easy yeah. But I think when we're coming and to assess things... And you see, you see it's different for every club, you know. Spurs just lost to Crystal Palace. And the narrative was, oh, they're missing six players. Yeah, and, and, and this is the thing. It can spin on a dime. But that's why I think it's so important to remember that it can spin on a dime. And these narratives, they have, they have to be looked at. And how we assess managers, I think, as much as possible, reminding myself, reminding you, reminding everyone, but mainly reminding, reminding myself, that we have to take an objective view of you as possible. Mm-hmm. And actually, sometimes you come to the same conclusion. Well, this manager is sitting in sixteenth with these players. Like it's not good enough. Do you know what I mean you can you can view it in any way possible, or or any, through any sort of prism you choose to. But it's important to at least be conscious of the prism you're viewing it through. Am I am I taking this in context with everything? Am I am I jaded by the game? Am I? That's why you know opinions change. You know, even my how I felt about Arteta changed over the international breaks. Had a bit of distance. I think what I would like, though, from how Arteta, we feel during our, if we record straight after the game versus the morning. Yeah, yeah, or, absolutely. What I would like, though, from Arteta, and why those comments slightly jar with me, is I would like to feel as though a he understands the situation because I think it's a little not disrespectful, but saying it's the best ten to fifteen days I've had in football when it's a bit disingenuous. It's not really the truth, is it? Well, may, well, may, maybe it is, but. Like, are you, no, but are you telling me it was better than winning an FA Cup? 
may, may, to him, maybe it was, but it's like it's like me it's like me standing at a funeral and someone asking me how I am, being like, "Yeah, really good, mate. How are you?" It's like it's just a bit rude, isn't it? Like, don't don't like we're at Arsenal's funeral. Don't say you're having a great time. Um, but more to the point, like you know, him saying, you know, oh, uh, you know, I, I wish he could kind of we could feel that relaxed nature from Mikel and feel that kind of idea that he knows where we're going, then we can get behind him. I think sometimes, you know, the, the, this kind of lurching from one thing to another in the way that fans do and narratives do, I would like to feel a bit more stoicism from our manager and from the club mm. to say, we know this isn't good enough. It's sort of what I was saying last time. We know this isn't good enough. And actually we, we, we want to control that narrative and assure you that we know what's happening. Doesn't matter what results happen tomorrow. Doesn't matter if we, you know, if this happens, we know what we're doing and we can see the long-term progression. Look at this stat. Look at this way we're looking at it. That's why we can see there's long-term progression. The club need to be the most secure in what's going on. Fans and narratives can lurch around, but I feel like Arsenal are battered by the wind with it sometimes. And we need, and that's always going to happen. So we have to find some stoicism. And Arteta's saying something like, you know, um, you know, I'll, uh, you know, I'll, 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 like, I don't know. I, just, I think, I think things like that remind me that Arteta is under the cosh. Do you know what I mean? Like, just not mm-hmm. accepting that's quite funny. Just accept it's funny. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, it's like, it's like he's insecure about it. It's like, mate, you're losing the game, so you have to accept it. I think, I, I do think though, we're so wish our fans are, and I think I'm guilty of this. I think you are. I think everyone is. We're so wishy washy sometimes. There would be a section of the fans that wouldn't have liked it if he'd found it funny. Yeah, no, that's and so true. would be true. complaining that so he'd true. found it funny. So true. Because he would be like, well, because they'd be saying, oh, you know, the joke's not for you. You're the one that's put us in this place and situation. So yeah. he's, he's in, a, especially because of where we are right now, a lot of what Arteta finds, and it's, it's his own making, he's made a rod for his own back with a lot of these issues. But he's in a lose-lose situation. So... I think no matter what happens, we're having a conversation about this moment as to whether the fans are annoyed at it or, you know. Yeah, and I, I guess maybe I've grown up on a diet of Wenger, who like... The most charismatic, charismatic man on but, the planet. But also, like, mate, also secure, like secure in yeah. what was happening at the club. So he could find things funny or he could, you know, I would say there was one moment... Maybe was, we'd have a good surprise for you. Yeah, when we were like, I think, yeah. you know, like I think we'd had a really tough summer and he could he could have that moment of lightness because he had that security. There was one moment, I think, in a Bayern Munich press conference in a Champions League game when he said, look, we're here to talk about the Champions League. And it, someone was like, why are you looking at me? He was like, I look at you because you're asking the question. There's that whole press conference, if you remember that. But apart from mm. that, I felt a, a security and a lightness and a, a charm and a wit that I think Arteta is yet to yet to find. And, and maybe that's just not his character. And I, I can't make him I, I, I can't make him exactly what I would want in a manager. But I think for an for someone as from speaking from a personal perspective, someone who's grown up on a diet of Arsene Wenger, I think having someone who can't find that funny or can't sort of go, listen, you know, I understand and I get that, you know, and listen, we know where we're going, doesn't have that sort of security, does or, or maybe he does. I'm reading too much into it, but I, I haven't felt that from Mikel. I haven't felt that security in a, in a while. That the same security when he walked through the door and said, "This is what we're doing." I feel like he's been battered yeah. by the sort of. I think it's because he's not secure, though. It's because yeah, he's not. Yeah. If Arsenal, if Arsenal lose our next game, he's probably more likely to be sacked than he is to stay. And that is insecure. That is the definition of it. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and I think that's maybe why we're seeing what's happening 
at the moment with the lack of sense of humor uh, and the rigidness. Yeah. But hopefully it can chill out and open up and uh, that will just come with positive results. <sighs> Let's fucking hope so. Right, Brad, we've Let's just got time. Let's fucking pray for it, mate. For a little bit of Arsenal trivia. Last time out, I asked you, what year was Arsenal founded? What year was Arsenal founded, Brad? I want to say like 1886. It is exactly 1886. Is that two in a row or three in a row? I don't think I got the last one. Wasn't the last one Brian Dean or was that the last one, the Serge Gnabry one? The last one was the Serge Gnabry one. The one before I think oh, you got... Oh, I got that one right. The one before I think you got, you're either two or three in a, three in a row, mate. It is two in a row because I didn't get Brian Dean. I don't think that was the one... I can't remember. Anyway. Uh, and your question for next week is, or for Wednesday whenever we record... In what famous, <laughs> in what famous 1997 film was Arsenal's offside trap mocked? In what famous 1997 film Ooh. was Arsenal's offside trap mocked? There you go. There we go, guys. There we go, guys. There we go. We won a game. Hundredth pod. Oh. Dusted. Done. We did it. We did it with Gosh. a win as well. We didn't have to be depressed. I can, yeah, I can relax. Oh, yeah, yeah. We do. Put my feet up. We do need. We do need to get some bingo cards sorted for this podcast, Brad. Uh, what think, was it that you texted me? That's on oh, yours. Oh, my, well, all I've, I can say you know, is, you know what I've started saying. What I would say all the time. Yeah. Shut up, Alex. What I would say. Just say it, mate. Oh, what I would say. Yours is um. Yours is, you know, so, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, pleasure as always, Brad. Always my friend. What are you up, up to for the rest of the day? I'm uh, seeing my girlfriend's family, oh. meeting her brother for the first time. You nervous? Nah, I love her family. Nah, he's Bradley he's Adams, really mate. Nice. Do you know who I am? Have you listened to different, different old podcasts, know? mate? <laughs> Fucking look at me, mate. <laughs> in my, you're going you're gonna to be in a vest top? You need to put a shirt on. No, I'm going to go and have a shower and dress nice. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, good. I'll probably get out of this uh, basketball jersey as well. Uh, listen, we appreciate you listening. Thank you for being here. Uh, yeah. Thanks for coming on this journey with us. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Peace. Peace. Have a good one. Hopefully the, the good vibes continue, gang. Thanks as always for listening. Keep it different, Nock. Yeah. And we will see you later. Peace. Peace. Thank you so much for listening to the Different Knock podcast. Please hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you're using. If you'd like to support the show, you can find us on Patreon and buymeacoffee.com. Find us on Twitter at DiffKnock and visit our website, thedifferentknock.com. Thanks. Podcast Network.